0: Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the evening service of Sunday the 7th of January 2018, entitled, Servants to Righteousness Under Holiness, Part 2. And the Bible reading is taken from Romans chapter 6, verses 1 to 23. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. All right, if you'd like to open your Bibles again this evening to Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter six. Now, even though we're going to just finish up with a few points this evening, I want to read the entirety of the chapter to start with, to get the context of everything that we're looking at here. It is a tremendous passage of Scripture, and it should give you tremendous hope in this new year as we enter into it. Let me invite you to stand this evening, Romans chapter six, beginning in verse one begins with asking you a question, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin, for he that is dead is freed from sin. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. When that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members are instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you, being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh, for as ye have yielded your members' servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members' servants to righteousness unto holiness. For when ye were the servants of sin, ye were free from righteousness." What fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now, being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Father, again, as we approach your throne, we we thank you, Lord. We thank you just not for being here, but that as we gather here this evening, we don't have to gather, Lord, in the words of, of, of men or in the traditions of men. We gather with your word preserved before us. We gather with your spirit living within us. And, Father, as we look at this passage of Scripture this evening, Lord, would you speak to our hearts because Lord, you know every heart here and nobody else does. You know each of our hearts better than we know it ourselves. You know exactly what we need this evening. And Father, we know that that need cannot be filled by man and by man's words. But Lord, though we are so undeserving, we stand in great need this evening, great need to hear from you. For you to speak not just to our ears, but to our hearts. And, Lord, help us not only to be receptive to that which you have for us, but help us to be responsive in whatever way that we need. Lord, that we can leave here this evening, even after this service, different than when we came because, Lord, you've done a work in our heart, a work in our lives, and we will give you all the praise and all the thanks and all the glory for it. Which in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I shared this morning, and I will say very briefly, just for the sake of anyone that was not here this morning, this was not where I planned to be preaching this evening, but of course, if you were blessed to be a part of the service last Sunday morning, it was a very special time to to see a family of seven people following the Lord and believers' baptism. And I turned to this passage because of its great teaching on the baptism that this water baptism typifies, and that's that baptism into the Lord Jesus Christ. And we looked at this passage, and we looked there that there were some simple truths. We saw that there's three principles in this chapter that could be expounded on for many times, but there's some things that we need to know. And this is things that we all need to know. Now, all, of these, all of these first few verses here are speaking about us. It's speaking about we. It's speaking about truths that are absolute knowledge for every human being. And he's asking us here, don't you know, first of all, the thing that you need to know is that you, you individually are baptized into Jesus Christ. Not whether you've been baptized in water, not whether you're a member of this group or that group, but have you been baptized into Jesus Christ? Because these are the facts if and only if, these are true. But if you have been baptized into Jesus Christ, then you have been baptized into his death. And if you're baptized into his death, he did that that we might be raised in the likeness of his resurrection, raised to newness of life, to walk in this newness of life that he's given to us. The old man is gone. That old body of sin has been destroyed. We have been set free from sin. We're no longer in that bondage that we have lived with all of our lives. And death, the wages of sin is death. If we've been set free from sin, death has no more dominion over us. It had no more dominion over Christ when he rose from the dead. If you're baptized into him and you died with him on the cross, you're raised with him out of that, so that you right now here today, that you can walk in newness of life, no more in bondage to sin, set free with that death having no more power over you any more than it did over Christ. We must know those things, but that's something we must all know. And we looked at that, and we looked last, uh, last Sunday evening in our, in our uh, New Year's Eve service at these first two verses here about moving from justification to sanctification. If you're saved, you're saved. You're justified before God. But you're not saved just so you can go to heaven one day. You're saved that day by day you can become more like Him. You're still here so that the work of Christ can take place in your life. Christians need to move from just being saved and going to heaven one day and being comfortable with that to recognizing that every day of our lives... We can and we need this process of sanctification to be made more like our Savior, not just to be the same old people. And then we looked this morning, this knowing that we must all know these are just absolute facts. You cannot, you cannot be baptized into Jesus Christ without being baptized into His death, into His resurrection, freed from sin, And alive evermore from him with death having no more power. That is an absolute fact. If you have been baptized into Jesus Christ, we saw this morning that not only was that a general truth for everybody, but then we saw this morning that we need to reckon. You see, it's not just knowing a truth that's true for everybody. But this becomes very personal. You see, in verse 11, he said, Likewise, just as we know those things about being baptized into Jesus, Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves. All of you need to individually. You need to reckon. That word means to be numbered. It means to be counted. It is a wonderful truth that we must all know. But it's got to move from the mind to the heart. It's got, to be, it's got to move from what is an absolute truth for every believer out there to you, yourself, you being numbered there, you being counted in that number. You see, for us, it is an, it's a marvelous, wonderful truth to know what takes place in our life. Too many Christians are still living thinking that they're in the bondage to that sin that they can't help themselves, and I know We said this morning, when we look in the mirror, sometimes it's hard for us to get our head around because we don't see that perfection, that holiness. We don't see all of that. But we talked about some of those things, that reckoning that we must do day by day in our lives, counting ourselves there. Don't count yourself as being out there under the power of Satan. Don't count yourself as having to do what your body, your flesh wants to do. Know that you are, we saw those things, You're in the Father's hand. Nobody can take you away from there. You're in Jesus Christ. There is no more powerful place to be than to be in him, the same one that died, the same one that rose again. That's where you are today. Count yourself there. Don't believe the devil's lies. Don't believe that you have to be that sinful piece and don't believe that sin has to have that power over you anymore. Number yourself and count yourself personally personally where you are if you're a child of God. You see, there's a third thing here, and I want to ask you this question. We can know all of these things. We can know some of the most wonderful, marvelous truths that sometimes as Christians we just seem to forget. We live like, you know, that we, we just don't really even count those things for ourselves. You can know all those things. But until you yourself make it personal, And number yourself there. And count yourself there as we talked about. It's not going to become a reality in your life. From the mind to the heart. But the next one here, can I ask you, answer yourself honestly. Don't answer me. It don't matter what you answer to me. Just for you and God alone. Do you really want your life to be any different in 2018? Do you really want to be more like Jesus Christ. Do you really want, as we've sung those hymns this evening, do you really want to know more about him and be more like him? Do you really want to take time to be holy, to live a life as he is? Do you want? You see, the topic of our sermon is taken right from this passage here this evening. Servants, the righteousness unto holiness. Who are you servants of? Because you see, unless you really want your life to be different, it can just go right on just like it is. But it goes from the mind of what you know to your heart, to where it's personal in you, to this third one is an absolute exercise of your will. What do you really, really want? Where do you want your life to be? Because he says here, notice, We looked this morning at verses 11 and 12 there, Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed through sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof, neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. Don't do that. That's the negative side of it. Don't yield yourselves to unrighteousness unto sin but positive, yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead. If you were baptized into Jesus, you were crucified with him. You were raised with him. You are freed from those sins. You don't have to live there in that bondage anymore. He says, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body. If you've been freed from it, if if you're dead to it, Why let it it still be on the throne of your life? Why allow your flesh to rule that ye should obey it in the lust thereof? I can promise you, as sure as you still have breath in your body, that there will be lust of the flesh. Your flesh will desire things that are unrighteous, that are against God that are just sin, because we have this option. We can either yield ourselves to sin, which is contrary to God's Word, or we can obey His Word unto righteousness. We have a choice. Who are you going to yield yourselves to? We find that He says here, don't yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead. You know that fact that if you are, you are alive from the dead. If you've reckoned and counted that to yourselves, then why not start living like it? And your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Are you going to yield yourself? Are you going to exercise your will to give in to the desires of your flesh? Or are you going to yield them to God and his righteousness? He goes on, he says in verse 14, for sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. Who are we going to give ourselves to this year? Who are we going to present ourselves to? How do we exercise our will in this matter well the first thing is very simple by just doing what he's shown us here in verse 6 not yielding ourselves to the lust of the flesh but yielding ourselves to god our members to, to righteousness to what he wants for us in his word sin is powerful it's a powerful force and guess what it's not going away until Jesus Christ comes back for us one day. It's not going away. It's always going to be around you. It's always going to be a part of your flesh. I said this morning, I think that it might help if we would recognize that sometimes we kind of get this picture that we just can't help ourselves, that somehow, you know, that, that the devil still has control of us, that, that sin still has dominion over us. The Bible teaches us that that old man is dead. You have a new nature. You are a new creation. The Lord himself lives and dwells within you now. You've been raised to newness of life, to walk a different life. Not that same old guy. He's not in control anymore. He's still here. (laughs) Sin is still around us. But there's a big difference in him being there and him being in control you see, in Christ, he's been dethroned. <laughs> he was taken off the throne. He's no longer the one. First Peter chapter 2 gives this description which we have looked at before, but let us be reminded here this evening. First Peter chapter 2, he gives us a description of our life that we're living here in the now. In chapter 2, he says in verse 9, but ye are a... Chosen generation. <laughs> Aren't you glad? He's talking to the believer here. He's talking to those that are a child of God. Aren't you glad that God loved you so that you could love him? Aren't you glad that, that God chose you even before the foundation of this world? He had you right there in his eyes, in his heart, exactly what he was going to do for you. You're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now... Have obtained mercy. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lust which war against the soul. The devil wants you to be unhappy, he wants you to be discouraged, he wants you to be miserable. He wants you to think that he's got control of your life and that you can't do anything about it. That's not what the Word of God teaches us. You don't have to go through 2018 knowing that he's doing things, that he's got control of your life. Who are you going to exercise your will and yield yourself to? Are you going to yield yourself to the things that your flesh wants? Because they'll be there. Or are you going to yield yourself to him? He said, hey, This is not your home, folks. You're an alien. You're a stranger. You're a pilgrim. You've got a new citizenship. We've looked at that before. Your citizenship is in heaven now. You're a new creature. We saw this morning how that you are forever secure. Nobody can take you away from God. There's only one place that the devil can attack you. He can't get to your soul. He can attack you in your body. That old mind of yours, it still has to serve both the flesh and the spirit. The only place he can attack you, he can't get to your soul. He can't get through the blood of Jesus Christ. You're in God's hands. You're in Christ. He cannot. Don't let him make you think that he can. He wants to play with your mind. We said this morning, hey, we're not talking about mind games. We're not talking about trying to get yourself to believe something that somehow is some kind of hocus-pocus we're talking about real facts. We're talking about living where you are. Satan's not going to want you to be there. I want to give you just a few verses this evening that I want you to plant in your heart. Romans chapter 8, notice what he says in verse 22 and 23. He says, for we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. It's all under the curse of sin, and it hurts for that. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit, the what, the redemption of our body. Oh, the day, one day... You won't have to fight against the lust of that flesh anymore. One day you're going to be given a body just like his. We've been looking at some of those things as we've looked at that eternal abode called heaven in recent times. One day. But until then, folks, we are in a battle. And sometimes it's painful. But we saw this morning there's never, ever, ever a temptation in our lives, but what there is, a way of escape. In Jesus Christ, you can escape. Don't believe the lie. Don't give in to the temptation. Don't allow it to have control of you. I'm not talking about sinless perfection. I'm talking about so many times we allow ourselves to be defeated over and over and over again just because we're believing the wrong things. We're yielding ourselves to the wrong master. Notice in Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. Notice what it says in verse 20 and 21. For our conversation is in heaven. The same, our citizenship. That's where we are, folks. That's where we belong. Our conversation is in heaven from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. He's already there. That's where he's at. But that's where our citizenship is at who shall change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself that ought to make you get excited even as a Baptist. He is going to change these vile bodies. We're not going to have to put up with them forever. Right now, we battle against this flesh. said this morning, <laughs> people say the devil made me do it. <laughs> What makes you think you're so important that the devil of this universe is personally coming and making you do something? Most of the time, your worst enemy is yourself. (laughs) It might be the influence of Satan over the years, but it's not him personally. Our battle, our greatest battle is with this flesh that we live within. But we can yield ourselves. We can believe the lies and yield ourselves and say we can't get past it. We can yield ourselves to obey him unto righteousness. He says there's coming a day when you won't have to worry about it. And, of course, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the great resurrection chapter, notice what he says there in verse 53. He says, for this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. That will come to pass. You see, I challenge you to look all through your Bible. You see, I find no warnings anywhere in God's Word about sin reigning in my soul. I find no warnings anywhere about sin reigning in my spirit. I've got news for you folks. They belong to God. They're sealed in the blood of Jesus Christ. And they know they know, they know the truth. Where we find it is the warnings are against sin reigning in our bodies, <laughs> in the flesh, because that's the only place that the devil can still get through to. If we look back to our passage in, in, in Romans where we've been looking, look into the next chapter there in Romans chapter 7. Notice what he says, picking up in verse, verse 18. He says, for and this, listen, This is the Apostle Paul. Would you agree he was a pretty good Christian? Would you agree that God used him just a little bit to accomplish some things for him? Would you agree that he's credited with more of the New Testament that we have than any other writer because God saw fit to use him to give that to us? Paul had to face the same things that you have to face. And he tells us about that here. Paul said, for I know that in me, that is, in my flesh, not in my soul, not in my spirit, that in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. For the will is present with me. There's the working of that will. I know the will is present with me, but how to perform it, that which is good, I find not. For the good that I would, I do not. And the evil which I would not, that I do If I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I'm different. I'm a new creation. This is not me that's doing that anymore. It's this old mortal flesh. That's where the sin that, that dwells in this old flesh, that's where the battle is. That's what gets me, I know. It's not the real me that's inside. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh... The law of sin. He knew that his real battle was between the new man that lived inside, but the old flesh. That until it's changed one day, there's going to be a battle. Don't let yourself being discouraged. Thinking, you know, matter of fact, you don't want to get too too cocky too about it. But you know, if, if if you really are struggling that much. Maybe there's a reason. Maybe there's a reason. Because you see, the more that we try to do for God, the more <laughs> that's the when the devil's going to want to stop you. <laughs> not when you're sitting back doing nothing. He could care less if you're not affecting anybody else's life and not doing anything with yours. But when you start doing something for the Lord, that's when he wants to stop you. That's when he wanna, wants to put the brakes on you. Notice just a few pages over what he says In Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, he said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Man, we believe the lies of this world. We believe the lies of the devil. We believe all these things. He said, don't let yourself be conformed, be pressured, be formed into what this world wants you to be. Be transformed. Be transformed. By the renewing of your mind. Don't think like that world. Don't think like that old man. This is the only thing that will renew your mind. Let your mind be renewed by him. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Don't think in that old defeatist way. I'm not talking about positive thinking and getting the riches of this world. I'm talking about having the mind of Christ in you. Thinking like Christ defeating the enemy, deciding who it is. There are truths that you will never change that we've seen, and you better know those are in your life. And you better count it personal. Reckon yourself, number yourself there with them. But then who are you going to yield your members, your body? Who are you going to yield it to? You see, he also tells us, if we look into 1 Corinthians Chapter 9. 1 Corinthians, chapter 9. Notice what he says there in verse 27. He says, But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I preach to others, I myself should be a castaway. I have seen personally. And it really can be pretty frightening sometimes. I've seen godly Christians (laughs) that lived for the Lord, that had such a wonderful testimony. I've seen men of God that undoubtedly were used of God that stood and, and preached the gospel and proclaimed God's truths and seen God work in their lives. And yet I've seen them end up themselves as a castaway, not able to be used. I'm not talking about losing your salvation. But I'm talking about being shipwrecked, being a castaway, being of no use to God because of yielding to the lust of the flesh. In the end, that's the real battle that all of us have. We've got to quit thinking that we can't do something about it. Fact. Sin can reign in your body. Fact, sin doesn't have to reign in your body. He can only reign in your body if you allow him to, if you yield yourself to sin rather than to God. Philippians chapter two verse twelve Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. I will stand before God one day, and I have absolutely no problem giving an account to him to look you in the eyes right here tonight and tell you that God will work in you that God wants to use you, that God will use you. In 2018, are you going to be used of God to accomplish what He wants to do with your life, or are you going to be used to feed your flesh, to do what you want, to do what makes this flesh happy and feel good? You have a choice. You can yield yourselves to either or, God said, Don't yield yourselves to that sin, to that unrighteousness. Don't yield yourselves there, but yield yourself to God. Yield yourself to righteousness, unto holiness. You can see that in your life. God's will needs to be active as our wills are submissive to Him. Do you really want to know what God wants to do with your life? And are you willing to submit yourself to that? Where will we yield our instruments? You see, we've got a wonderful, wonderful, glorious promise here. He tells us there in verse 14, sin shall not have dominion over you, for you're not under the law, you're under grace. Sin doesn't have to rule and reign in your life. Where will you yield yourself to the Lord? If you're going to live for God, if your life is going to matter for anything important, you've got to know, first of all, there's only one way to even have a relationship with God. And that's to be baptized into Jesus Christ. That's God's work. No man can do that. But you need to know, if you've been baptized into Jesus, you were baptized into his death. You were there in his resurrection so that you could live in newness of life and not be that old, so that sin would no longer have dominion over you. You've been freed from that old man. He's dead. Have you ever, ever, ever seen a dead person accomplish anything? That's the picture he's giving you, folks. That old man is dead how can you live any longer there if you're dead to it? No. Know where your life is. Know where it is in Jesus Christ. Reckon in your heart. Count yourself. Number yourself in the position where God has put you. No. Count yourself as being there personally. And then He says, with your action of your will, if you know those things, if you know where you are in Christ, and if you've reckoned and counted yourself right there in that place where he has put you, you don't have to yield yourselves anymore. Don't yield yourselves as instruments to sin, to dishonor, to unrighteousness. But yield yourself to God. I said this morning, whole new sermon, but the same truth. If you've got God, you've got all of him. You can't get any more of him. Does he have all of you? <laughs> you've got all of him. Does he have all of you this evening? Have you truly given your life to him, lock, stock, and barrel, No little corners you keep into yourself? Don't believe the lies of the devil. Recognize, realize, folks, I want with all my heart Well, certainly the most thing I want, but I guess the greatest thing would be to hear that trumpet sound, praise the Lord, (laughs) and to be rid of these old vile bodies and to have what's coming for us. But if the Lord's going to give us more, I want 2018 to count more for him than any year I've ever lived on this earth. I want it to count more for him personally. I want it to count more for you I want it to count more for our church. Now, folks, that's only going to happen. The church is not this brick and mortar and the name on the board and all those things. It's the people. It's you and me. That's where the difference is going to come. I want it to be your greatest year, not because it's necessarily the easiest year that you've ever had, not because your flesh is happier and enjoying the things of this world more than it ever has. I want it to be your best year because truly you've yielded yourself to God, that God can do more with your life than he ever has, that you will be totally submissive to his will for your life. Will you let God use you this year? Will you genuinely commit yourself He's trying to give you instructions here. He's giving you these three principles. Know where you are in Jesus Christ. Know what has been done in your life because of your putting your faith in him. Number yourself there. Count yourself there. Don't let it just be some fact that you know out there, but know it in your heart. Count yourself there. Realize who you are in him and yield yourself not to those fleshly desires, to those things that you think will make you happy, but yield yourself to God, to His will, to what He wants to genuinely do with your life. And I've got to tell you this. Sometimes what God really wants to do with your life is not necessarily the most comfortable thing for the flesh. Sometimes we want the comfortable route for this flesh. Sometimes those two are totally contrary to each other. We saw this morning, God's there with us, but it becomes down to where will you exercise your will tonight? Do you want? You don't have to be defeated in 2018. You don't have to be defeated by Satan. I know you're not going to, unless the trumpet sounds, you're not going to realize the full potential. But I said this morning, Dave, by day by day, more potential, more like him. God, having more of your life and doing more with you than he ever has before, day by day by day, moment by moment, that we truly be more like him. Father, I thank you this evening. And Lord, I realize there's so much that you give us here in this this chapter, but Lord, you're, you're giving it to us, trying to point out to us, Lord, that though we still live in these sinful fleshly bodies, that Lord, we need to know and understand if we're truly a child of God, if we're truly born again, if we have been baptized into Jesus Christ, then we were baptized into his death so that we could be raised in the likeness of his resurrection, so that we're no more under the dominion of sin, but so that we truly truly to be instruments in your hand. We know that we're in your hand. We know that we're in Jesus Christ. We recognize that position. We count ourselves there. We know and reckon ourselves to be dead indeed unto sin. He no longer reigns in our bodies. We don't have to give in to him. Father, help us not to yield ourselves the desires of this flesh and what might be comfortable down here. But help us to yield ourselves to you, to God, to righteousness, unto holiness. We know that we've got to look for that day, that there's going to be a battle until that day. But help us, Lord, to live holy as you are holy. Help us day by day that more of you can be seen. We truly will give you the praise. Make this year count for us, Lord. May we see more souls saved. May we see more one into the kingdom. May we see you doing a work mightily in this place, in our lives, in our homes, in our church, in our city, and around the world even through our missionaries. Thank you, Lord. We give you all the praise for it. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.